Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Alrighty. I'm just going to take a second to get set up, but I just felt before I get started um, linking in with what Dan was just saying there out of that song, Greater You, Lord, about the breath. Um, I just felt a real sense that it's time for us to join together and pray for people who've got lung restriction going on. And I just welcome the people here who are on YouTube, and some of you are probably home because you've got lung restriction going on. And so let's join together because this restriction is not of the Lord. Whether it's from sickness or whether it's from darkness or whether it's from bondage or whatever it is, inactivity is not from God. So just join with me and let's pray. And if you are someone in the room with lung restriction, um, just maybe put out your hands and, and seek the Lord with me. And so God, we come together as a people under your throne today. And we come, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for the authority that you have given us in your name. And so we just want to use that right now, that gift you've given us, and we declare over our people that lung restriction must lift off in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray for your power to come. It is your breath in people's lungs, and we declare that. And so I tell restriction to lift off in the name of Jesus, all constriction and all clamping down must release in the name of Jesus. Come off in Jesus' name. And to those who are unwell, who are watching online because they're unwell, and if there is any lack of breath or difficulty breathing, I bless you with God's breath in your lungs and I pray for a release over your life now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I've also just got... Um, a few little prophetic words for individuals here before we get started. So just today is not going to be a nice little, <laughs> we're just going to go with the Lord a little bit. So just hold on and come for a journey. Um, so I don't have the specific people in mind because these are not words to be pointing people out. But you will know if this is you in the room. So there's someone here who has some suicidal thoughts. And on the way to church today, you were giving God an ultimatum. And I feel like the Lord wants you to know that you don't have to give him ultimatums because he wants to be with you. He wants to help you. And he's responding to your call because you are the one that called. He's responding to your call because you called out. It's you that called out, and so he wants to respond. He wants you to know that you matter. He wants you to know that he loves you. And he says, you've made it this far in life, and you are here. Well done. Well done. And he wants you to know that going ahead from this point, he has the strength that you need to keep going. He's strong for you, and he believes in you. Now, there's someone else here who's come in pretty angry, angry with God and angry with God's people. And you've come here for some revenge today. You came in angry. You want to cause some problems. And I feel that God also says to you, I love you and I am so glad you're here. 
And he says that when you've gone out to Deception Bay and you've looked over the water there and you've looked out at that sea filled with anger and rage and it feels like your anger and rage is as big as that sea, God wants you to know that his love for you is bigger than that sea. He has nothing but incredible love for you and it's his love that will set you free from that. And this one might be in the room and it might be on um, YouTube there. And it's someone and you feel like you're in grief but it's slightly different because you're stuck in sorrow. And it's a stuck place that you feel like you will never get to move on from but you want to move on from. And I feel like God is saying that that is a, it's a big like dam of sorrow in your life and that dam wall is going to break. It's going to burst like a dam wall would burst. It's going to come out of you. You are going to be liberated into joy, into well-being and into accepting new life. So that we just bless that over the ones that that is for today. And so I have a prophetic word that I believe is for us, for all of us. I keep going on and on that God's doing something new. He is bringing something new, and I am excited about this. And so what new actually means is it's something we have never seen. It's something that we have never experienced. It's something we're just only acquiring now for the first time. So God's doing something new that we've never seen before. Yes, it will be in keeping with who God is, but we won't have seen this before. It will be wonderful, magnificent. And I've shared this verse with us recently, but we're going in again. Isaiah 43, 19, it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's a reason God says, behold. He says, take note, listen, look for it. If you're not looking to see God doing this new thing, you might not see it. He says, do you not perceive it? He says he's bringing up rivers where there is no water. He's making a way exist where there was no way. And so in your life, you might have this space that is desolate, that looks lost, it looks hopeless. So just imagine just for a moment now that suddenly in that space, you can see a way. That suddenly that hopeless space has hope and there is a possibility for a way forward. God is doing something new. So come with me on a bit of a journey as I keep unpacking from that God is doing new for these last months into what this is, what we're building on with the Lord today. And often when God's getting me ready to have something to share with others, he causes me to have a question inside me, or several. And those questions irritate me and they frustrate me and I don't know the answer and I get all, "Eh." and then I start saying it out loud and Tobe often cops that question and my process, which has no answer. It's at that point that I turn to the Lord and I'm in a place where I'm ready to hear what he wants to say about it. And so I've brought questions to him in recent couple of months, I believe for people here, because I've heard this from here, saying, 
Why is it not coming with God? Why is it not happening? Why can't I progress? Why can't I see greater things of the Lord? Why can't I move forward in my calling? And so I came with all of that in a big ball of frustration with the Lord. And I didn't know at the time that I'm asking something for this space. It's just what I had. So the Lord took me into the Bible. And as I'm doing my reading, he took me into a passage that I really love and have spent a lot of time there, but he opened it up a lot more. And he gave me a realisation in Matthew 9 which for me, being me, just meant, well, what about this, God? And he'd talk on that and then, what about this, God? And he'd talk on that and, well, what does that mean for this? And that's how it all started coming. So let's go to Matthew 9, 17. And it says, Neither is the new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. Notice the word new. The new wine, go back to Isaiah, is the new that the Lord is bringing. He is bringing something new. It will be sweet. It will be glorious. It will be very good because God is goodness. He is only goodness. There is no evil, no bad in the Lord. So though we don't know what that looks like, we can trust and look forward to that. We will see provision that we have never yet seen. There is a new thing erupting in the earth from the Lord for his glory because he loves us. And he says, this new thing will see abundance on the earth. This new thing will be like raindrops from heaven. This new thing will be transformative and undeniably mine. Gone are the days where you see something good and wonder if it's from the Lord. We are coming into days where we will see a new thing and we will know that could not have happened unless it was the Lord. Undeniably His. Some of you are in a desert wasteland. You're in a wilderness and you're looking at the world and thinking, there is no way. You're looking at that space and thinking, there is no hope. Well, he says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. Water will appear there. And a lot of you have had words probably spoken over your life, something new, something greater, something different, something beyond what you've ever seen, and you haven't seen it. Perhaps you've sensed that in your life, but been afraid to believe it. Perhaps you've wanted it, and you're tired in the waiting But he says, I'm here, I'm bringing something new. And because he's given this word to me, I want to affirm you, there is new for you. New wineskin. So let's go back to Matthew. Neither is the new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, so both are preserved. So not only, says the Lord, am I doing a new thing like pouring out new wine, but you need to become a new wineskin. New wine into the old wineskin doesn't work. It can't hold that wine. God is bringing new wine, a new thing to us, and into the land, into our community here. And we are the wineskin, and we need to be new. 
We need to be renewed into the new wineskin to hold it. He says, I want renewal for you so you can hold and embrace the new things I'm bringing. I don't want you to miss it. You know, Isaiah says, behold, look. I want you to embrace it and wow, will it be sweet. It will be healing, miraculous, and it will be way more provision than you could ever have paid for. Just like an expensive wine that you could never afford, this new thing will be offered out to you. You'll be able to see it, embrace it, and it will be yours. We need to become a new wineskin and we need renewal. So how do we have renewal? How do we get to be a new wineskin ready to hold this new and work with this new that God's pouring out? Well, I don't know about you, but if God is saying that he has something more for me, if he's saying that for the people that I love, there is something wonderful that he wants to give, I want it. I just want it so much. I want to see the more. I want to see more power. I want to see him transform lives. I want freedom for our people. People that walk in here and their faces are downcast and they're in despair. I want to see them free in the Lord. And some of you here are like that. You're aching for that renewal in your life too. And you want what the Lord is bringing. So how do we go there, God? And I've been known to say that. How do I get there, Lord, with what you're saying? But some of you here think you need the old ways to come back. If only life would go back to how it was. You're essentially saying, if I could have 2019 right here, right now, I'll be okay. But what you need to know is that's not happening and what your heart actually wants and needs is renewal into goodness so that you can be filled with hope for your future. So you can look forward to the future and you can declare with the Lord that it is bright for you. So it's this ache of I want what the Lord is bringing. How do we get there, God? That Jesus was happy to answer and he said, go back to the passage. So we're going to put Matthew 9:17 into context now. And I'm going to read from 14. Then John's disciples came and he asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. No one sews a patch of untrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. The disciples came to Jesus, and they asked him about fasting. And then he said, I'm pouring out new wine, a new thing, but you've got to be a new wineskin. The context of this verse is in fasting. So fasting is where we choose to not consume something or engage in something for a certain period of time. And instead, we use that time and that energy to worship the Lord. And we normally fast when we come up against something that's really difficult and it's, you know, we can't break through. And so we think, oh, I'll go fast. And that's great. 
what it can mean is we're thinking, I can't hear God, I don't know what to do, so I'll go and do this good thing and I'll twist his arm and I'll earn that you know, word from the Lord. I'll go up and I'll pay the money into the slot machine and whoop, out comes a piece of wisdom. That's what we tend to do. Because we just want God to give us what we want and get on and make our lives easier. But it says in this passage, you don't sew a patch of untrunk cloth on an old garment and you only pour new wine in new wineskins. What he's saying is, I will give you the solution, I'll give you the wisdom, I'll give you the answer and I'll give you breakthrough. I will provide. And so that's why we fast. We need help, we need breakthrough. But he's also saying, I wouldn't put that patch on the old cloth and I won't pour that new wine in the old wineskin because it will break it. He is so good that it won't be able to We won't be able to handle that goodness. So fasting is required to make us into new wineskins, to renew us, to make us like new and handle that solution, to be able to see the solution and be able to embrace it, to be ready for the goodness he's going to pour out. So, of course, I asked another question. And I asked the Lord, what's actually happening in this fasting? Because it's not just a slot machine, is it? That we go and we do a thing and we pay our price and we get it. That's not what God's on about. And he showed me it's about putting our life in the correct order under God where he is on the throne as our king. And so what happens is we come out of fasting. We go into that to re-establish a healthy fear of the Lord. This is reverence and respect of God. We have such awe and we are in touch that his power, his grace, his love is greater than any other thing, any other person. So by taking a physical action of cutting that thing out of our lives that provided, it provided for us. Sometimes it's food and we cut food out because that provides something for us. In the physical realm, we're taking that act to cut that out and replace that with worshipping the Lord to say, he is my provider. It's a wrestle in fasting. It's a wrestle. You'll know that if you fasted, you get cranky. It's really hard. You get tired and yet you need to worship God. It's a wrestle in the fasting because what we're wrestling is getting out those things that are in charge that we think of as our provider and we're getting God in place as our provider instead. And we wrestle. We wrestle in the fasting until we come out where the Lord is Lord. He is above every power. He is above every problem. Every situation, he is above every relationship you've got going on. He is God over you. He's God over your purpose, your direction, over your dreams. He is God over the very promises that he spoke over your life. And those promises are not God. They go under God. So we go into the fasting place and we've got this big problem, right? That's how we get led there, something that is hopeless. And we feel like it has overcome us. We feel like it is on top of us and we are overwhelmed. It's like if we could put it in a box, this issue we have is sitting up here and weighing us down. That's how we come into fasting. 
We come out of fasting with fear of the Lord, which means that that box has been put down there and God is up there and he is on the throne. He is above us. And the wonderful thing that happens in that place is that because of Jesus dying on the cross for us, we are seated in heavenly places. So this is in Ephesians, and we are seated in heavenly places, which means if that issue gets submitted under the Lord, it is submitted under us as well. And that's why that box is on the ground. It is under us, because by his grace, we have authority in Jesus. So we come out with the Lord there, our problems submitted down there. They're under our feet now. We feel victorious. We have hope. We're ready for a solution. We come out of fasting renewed. And this place means we respect what God says so much that we are not afraid of what other people think. How great would that be? How great would it be everywhere you go to not be afraid of what other people are thinking of what you're doing? That comes in renewal. So we get the joy of living in victory even if our circumstances still suck. And you might have experienced a bit of this in one aspect of your life and I'm here to say you can experience it in every aspect of your life. So I ask you these questions. What is feeling on top of you right now? What's up there? What do you feel hopeless about or overcome by? What do you need wisdom for? Perhaps it's time to fast or have extended, set-in-place worship of the Lord until he is Lord over your life again. It might be time for renewal for you. It is for me. God's been calling me to spend a lot of time with him. And God can do this renewal in you. So just a little side note in the fasting place, it's not very glamorous. It is that wrestle. You do get cranky. You will be tired. And you will be confessing and repenting and laying down a lot of things. That's good. But it's not always nice. Outrageous wisdom. So the wonderful thing about this renewal where we respect God above all else is this. It says in his word in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. We come out of the worshipping place with God and we come with wisdom. Wisdom is taking God's instruction and applying it to our lives. Wisdom is sort of knowing what to do. So we become renewed. We are the new wineskin. We are in fear of the Lord and we have wisdom to know what to do. And so we have the wisdom to know what to do with that very thing that used to be up there and now it's down there. Don't you just long for some wisdom? So many of us here have been crying out just to know what step to take, what to do. Hasn't this been your cry for a while? And can you believe that God is actually saying, I'm bringing a new thing and it's going to be glorious and wonderful, so get ready so you can have it and get in on it. That's how good he is. Acceleration. But there's no doubt we're in times 
of acceleration. Things are changing more quickly now. And you might be thinking, it's hard to keep up. But the Lord said to me that what used to take two years with him will now take two months. He's accelerating us and he's helping us to move as quickly as is needed with him. He is not behind. Just because the world's changing fast, it's not that he can't keep up. He is. And he wants to teach us and equip us how to go in this season as we need to. So you need to realise, it's really important to realise that what seems normal now, we did not know about two years ago. We didn't have words like ISO and COVID and we didn't think about mandates. So now just imagine thinking about what God might say for in two years' time. It will not make any sense. But he's getting us ready. He's renewing us to receive those words of outrageous wisdom for something we've not even got our head around. It'll seem outrageous because the future is different to what we know now. That's why we need renewal, to care about what he says more than what anything, anyone else says and be willing to act on that faith of doing what he says. Some of us here are only prepared to hear God say things that you like. It's a hard truth. It's true. And so when you listen to the Lord, if he says one little comforting snippet on that situation, you'll take that one phrase, but you'll just block out all the rest of what he's got to say. We need to be prepared to hear him tell us what to do, what the next step is. We need to be prepared to listen to him say things that are outside what we know, so they might be unknown, a bit uncomfortable. And the reason it's okay to do this is because, I keep going back to this all the time, he is good. He will not put something out for you to do that is not good for you and the sphere that you're in. He works everything together for your good. So it's okay to hear him say things that you don't want to hear. I've got a good example of this space, and I think I've even shared it before, but it just fitted so well that I thought it was worth using to illustrate this in real life a bit more. And it's about Tobe and I. And um, we used to have another business. And Tobe had gone and bought a baby business, a little one, up at Morayfield. And he essentially created the business because he took this little thing and he completely transformed it, turned it inside out and put it into something great. And it rapidly grew. That meant it had excellent returns, it had excellent income. Unfortunately, it also was in a very volatile industry and the strain with some of the things that we had to go through was enormous. And we used to sort of have these repeated, terrible, really hard things that we walked through. And so after about six years of this and in another enormous situation, Tobe was out um, with some other Christian guys and his friend who's in business just listened to it briefly and said, whenever that sort of thing comes up for me, I fast. And so we started fasting the next day. 
God took us on a journey that weekend that did not seem to be addressing our issue with the business. We worshipped him hungry. We worshipped him cranky. We worshipped him cranky with each other. And we confessed our sin and repented before the Lord. And we acknowledged wrong beliefs that sort of popped up in that time of praising God. We realised that we thought, we perceived, we saw things wrongly and we repented all of that. We just lay it down. And over that weekend, we just spent time in our room with the Lord for the weekend. And by the end of the weekend, Tobe landed on the word from God, the wisdom. And the Lord said this, sell your business. So I'll just paint this a bit more. God said, sell what you created. Give it up. Sell the thing that gives you, your family, and your other employees in the other space income. Give it up. Sell the thing that you give most of your time to. Give it up. That was our wisdom that we came to. Now, that was right outside Tobe's box of what God might say. And it was outside what he wanted to hear at that point. Added to this was, when you come back into being logic, we had no buyer. So that's great, God. Uh, How would we do that? But God being God was working in us first to accept, to hear the instruction that was something we was outside our box. And then he revealed the buyer. That's, you know, in those hours. He revealed the buyer. And so the next step over here was that buyer didn't want to be the buyer. But 9am the next morning, Tobe got a call from him to discuss some business and Tobe felt a sense to flag and raise this idea and he left that conversation hope. There was hope there that this could be possible. Now, this story is a big story and it took... We actually moved to this church in the midst of that season of selling it and it took four months of quite harrowing physical and emotional, mental kind of strain to get us through that. And it probably took a year to come to terms with letting go as well. But, you know, 3.5 years, here we are right now later, and uh, Toby is actually entering a new space with work again now, which would not have been possible if we didn't do that with the Lord. And praise God, right, for a friend who didn't say much, just said, when that happens to me, I fast. It's all that was needed. God is bringing a new thing that's wonderful and he wants us to be able to enjoy it and be part of it. He wants us renewed so we can see it and realise it. And he's going to give us outrageous wisdom that will lead to incredible provision. And so back in my passage and my time with the Lord and God said, there's a reason you're reading this in Matthew and not the other Gospels. Read on, read on. And he was showing me that in Matthew, his word moves from the new wineskin into these following verses where this wisdom is lived out, where we get good examples of people living in fear of the Lord, receiving outrageous wisdom, and then enjoying glorious provision. So let's read on from 18. 
While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and she said to herself, If only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after the crowd had been put outside, he went in, took the girl by the hand, and she got up. Wow. What was the wisdom for the lady who had been bleeding for 12 years? The wisdom that she held, the action to take coming forth was to physically touch Jesus' clothing. We've read this a lot. Perhaps you've read it a lot. Can you see how outrageous that is? She'd been bleeding for 12 years and she comes unclean. She's not allowed to even be near people. And what seems wise for her in that moment is to go, I'm going to push through that cloud. I'm going to touch that bit of fabric on that man and my bleeding will stop. That's how outrageous the Lord's wisdom was for her. She believed it because she feared the Lord enough to act on it. And then what happened? Her whole life was miraculously healed, glorious provision, and her life was fully restored. So let's look at the other story, the leader. The leader had a daughter that died. And the leader's wisdom was to talk to Jesus and ask him to come and touch her daughter, put his hand on her body, and then she would just start breathing once again. She'd already died. If Jesus, a man, touched his dead daughter put his hand on her, she would start breathing. Can you see how outrageous that might seem? This doesn't even make sense in this world that, you know, someone could be dead and I'll just go and do that and they start breathing again. But that's the outrageous wisdom that the ruler had. Now notice in the passage that the crowd laughed at Jesus saying she was only asleep. The wisdom to those that didn't fear the Lord seemed incomprehensible. It seemed ridiculous. It was outrageous. So much so that they laughed in Jesus' face. They did not perceive. They did not perceive who Jesus was or what he was doing. They did not see the new thing that was happening in that space. Jesus even caused all those people to go outside and when he raised her from the dead, they didn't see it. They missed it. But notice the ruler who did fear the Lord, he could go with Jesus. And when we fear the Lord, the fear of man slips away. The ruler feared the Lord, surrounded by these mockers who laughed in Jesus' face. He didn't care. He knew he was saying something outrageous. Jesus, you just touched my dead daughter. She'll come back to life. I don't care what all of them are doing. So there are people, and we hear it a lot at the moment, fear of man, fear of man. I've got to deal with my fear of man. I'm here to say, fear the Lord. Don't focus on the man issue. Focus on the God issue. Fear the Lord and let that fear of man slip away. We need to be bold people. 
God is providing outrageous wisdom so we can engage and be part of glorious provision. In both those situations, this woman's life was completely turned around. The daughter was raised back to life. And you might feel a bit dead in your seat right now and you think, I need to be raised back to life. He can. And he's going to give you that outrageous wisdom. And it might not be the same as everyone else. That's why we've got healings that happen through the Gospels in so many different ways. It's not dependent on the method. It's dependent on fearing God and hearing him speak and following that outrageous wisdom in faith. I'm just going to finish up really quickly now. And I just pray that this word is just living in you so that the bits that fit and matter in you would just be churning around. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's in that place that convicts us to take some action. So I just ask you these questions. Sorry, no, I ask you today, what action points do you need to take in your life? I've got a few suggestions for us. Seek Holy Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit to point out to you what's on top of you. Let him connect you up with what's on top of me. What do I feel overwhelmed by? It's not so you can focus on that. It's so that you can go, okay, Holy Spirit, I need your help to reposition this and put it down on the ground. Number two, consider fasting so you can worship the Lord and restore your fear of the Lord where he is Lord over all your issues, all the people, all your stuff. Number three, expect to hear the Lord say unexpected things. This is the outrageous wisdom. It might seem completely left of field, out of the box. It might seem too easy. It might seem crazy. Just receive that word and then hand it back to the Lord and ask for him to keep developing that and to confirm it for you that it's his. And finally, expect the Lord's glorious provision. He is doing something new. It's coming. Be expecting the Lord to do more, to work in your life and to provide in glorious ways. And so just to wrap up, if, if this has hit you in some way and there's some action that you want to take, um, if you need fear of the Lord put back in your life or you need help to get that situation where it belongs underneath the Lord's authority, I just invite you to stand and we're going to pray together as a community. So if there's anything in that for you and you want to bring it to God, I just ask you to stand now while I pray for us. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit with your power. Come in this room, Holy Spirit. We just call on you, God. Jesus on the throne. Lord, we just need you, Jesus on the throne. We need you to take your rightful place on the throne, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and be Lord over our lives. Lord, for those who've got a few things, Lord, I just pray that you come and minister to them and let, help them to relinquish their grip on those things, to let them fall down low. 
Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Lord, we want to see what you're bringing. We want to see it so much. And we just say, yes, we submit to you, God, as our great King, trusting that what you say and what you bring is good for us. You're not going to hurt us if we submit. You're going to hold us and nurture us and show us glorious provision, Lord. And so I pray, God, for the thoughts and the mindsets and the lies that people have that are blocking them from trusting and stepping. Lord, would you come and minister into that place? I pray for any control that's come over people with these lies to break off in Jesus' name. Ah. And so, Lord, I pray for your glorious, wonderful truth to be just coming down over people right now and replacing the lies, Lord. Replace the lies, Lord God. We say yes to disagreeing with things that are not good that cause us to be defeated. We disagree in Jesus' name. Come, Lord, with your truth. Instead, Lord, I just pray for revelation that is popping up right now for those who have got even thoughts coming in right now. Lord, I pray for you to just impress on those and plant them right in people. Plant your truth right down in people's hearts, Lord God. Plant it in. Plant it in, Lord God. Those who have seeds from old and they were just little seeds, but they're in there. Lord, we pray today, water them, God, and cause them to wake up and become growth inside them, that it would become true, where people have heard over and over from others around them, encouragement, and they just haven't been able to hold on to it, God. Those were the seeds. We pray, Lord, for that to blossom up and for them to go, yes, Lord, it is true. Lord, we long to see You move in this place. We just have to see more, God. We long to see You move in Burpengary, Lord. We long to see You in the community. We long to see all the fruit of the Spirit poured out over the whole of this region, God. And so we say, yes, we will be renewed and we will come into Your presence and we will participate with what goodness You are bringing, God. Thank You, God, that You want more for us than being a bystander and watching You do something. You want us to participate and enjoy being part of it, God. And so we say, Lord, Your kingdom come. Lord, Your will be done right here, just as it is in heaven, God. We love what you're bringing to us. You're such a good God, Lord. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.